Hey, this is Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on my YouTube channel. You can also find me on just about anywhere audio podcasts are at. I'm on Odyssey as well, uh, which is kind of funny considering my guest today. Um, my guest is Jeremy Kaufman. Um, and yeah, as always, give me money. Patreon.com slash No Way Jose 2020 so you can see these things when they come out. This this interview probably won't be released for a week or two. Um and also make sure you go check out Top Lobster. I have merch there, or you can get any of his other great merch for a ton of different shows and a ton of different art he's done. Top Lobster is the shit at toplobster.com. With that, we're going to bring on Jeremy. What's up, dude? Hey, man. Great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Uh, we've we've talked before. Uh, in the, I don't know if you recall, we hit, we were on together in the Tower Power Hour, which that... Uh, that has been a uh, that was its call to fame that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah was... it, sh- it shook things. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't rewatched it, but from what I recall, it was a, a great program. It, it wasn't even that bad because, like, I know, like, the biggest thing is like we got accusations from the whole the Gus thing, which I mean, we could probably back up in a minute, maybe go more into that, but but. It, in retrospect, I watched it back later because there was a lot of accusations about us being like really over the top and like kind of the style of the show is kind of that. But surprisingly, we didn't even go that hard. So <laughs> like, I don't know, like, for example, I think they said that we called him a faggot or something, which I, I joked at some point that like I wouldn't be surprised if I did. But then I read, watched back and I'm like, well, I didn't. I mean, I'm not like trying to like hide from it because I am totally the type of person to use that. Although yeah. I have no no hate for gays. Just I don't know. I was kind of like had the jock lifestyle and kind of like, I don't know. That was just how yeah. we joke around, you know, like, <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. I mean, and I'm not, uh, you know, people say whatever they want, but like, I, that's actually not, <laughs> you know, I don't generally attack people, you know, on that, on that axis. So, uh, yeah, I think it's crazy. I mean, I think the real lesson out of a lot of this is, is there's some people who will like, use any attack that they think that they can use that will allow them to get traction, you know? And so, and so um, there's a, a group of people who, who think, you know, everything is racist and bigoted and, and that's how we, you know, we can use these as, as slurs, you know? Um, and I actually think that's, I, I've, I've made this comment before, so this isn't like a, a first time I'm saying this, but like these really are the most offensive slurs calling someone a racist or a bigot or a homophobe like these are the most damaging things you can call someone if i call someone a fucker uh you know nothing really happens if if people generally if people if i call someone a racist and that sticks in any way that person will lose their job you know they might lose their kid um and so it's uh you know, the, these are the most damaging labels and the, these people who who purport to have a problem with uh, you know, with me or others, they are actually using the most damaging slurs. Mm-hmm. Those are the most damaging slurs. It's not, you know, calling someone a fucker is not uh, is not the most damaging slur. No, agreed. I mean, especially that, and then uh, even worse accus- accusations, even jokingly of like pedophilia and stuff. There was a lot of that. I mean, in yeah. this whole situation, uh, let's back it up a little bit. And just for those who may not know you, uh, if you want to get go ahead and introduce yourself quickly. Skip a rundown who you are. I know you're a man of many, t- many talents. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, since this is like a libertarian podcast, I mean, I think I'd mostly emphasize that um, I'm on the board of the Free State Project. I live in New Hampshire because I think that libertarian concentration is the best strategy for achieving liberty. Um, I also am the CEO of, of Odyssey.com uh, and LBRY, 
um, the library protocol. Um, so I'm, I'm one of the inventors of that. And um, that's also kind of a liberty-oriented uh, initiative, but also something that's of like general general purpose and general interest. And so I am happy to talk about some of those things if they come up, although I want to emphasize that I'm here like representing myself and and, and not my my company. But I'm a, I'm a pretty dedicated and committed libertarian. Um, I, I work at, in that direction both professionally and and privately at you know 9, 9 p.m. on a weeknight after my kids go to bed, I you know hop on a call and, and talk about it here. So, all right, cool. Yeah, um, I I wanted to bring you on today to kind of follow up in your latest appearance in uh, you were on the Fakeitarians, which is funny. I remember you made a post saying that I've agreed to go on Fakeitarians, and I, I think I commented something like, "Well, that's an awful idea, but Godspeed, my friend." And somehow you survived. Um, because yeah, I mean they they're. You can tell. I mean, I, I would actually suggest people go back and go and watch it. I mean, although I, I don't really have much love for those people, I find them to be despicable. My thoughts, not Jeremy. So Jeremy can have his own thoughts. I, I am not a big fan of those individuals. I mean, there's some that are better than others. Ironically, Archie seemed to be like like the, the sweetest of the bunch. But <laughs> but uh, anyways, it was very much clearly a gotcha thing. And it was to bring you on and find something to hit you on. Um, especially in light of how you've run the New Hampshire Twitter, which I personally am all for. I've sung your praises many times. I am not a fan of the Libertarian Party approach, but I have multiple times said if there is any hope for it all, they need to rally behind the Jeremy Kaufman tactics. Yeah. Um, that's, well, I, I, yeah. I, well, I, so I want to emphasize actually that like most of the tweets from the LPNH account are not mine. I spoke up as being the person responsible for some of the more controversial ones that caused, and I don't think they should be controversial, but the ones that caused some of the drama with the LNC, the ones that caused Joe Bishop henchman to resign. Um, so I was responsible for those specifically. If we're talking about a percentage of tweets that were are mine, it's probably below 10% or, you know, it's probably below 20%. It's a, it's a fairly low number. So there's a team of people responsible for that. And something that I've also, I will admit, I've learned this. I didn't know it at first because I was kind of new to being involved at this level with the party is that they actually prefer that you, you know, you, when you're speaking on behalf of the party that you don't um, sort of break that identity barrier maybe as much as I was. So I do really want to emphasize there's a team of people in terms of the Fakertarians episode, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of a lot of their tactics. I'm generally not a fan of libertarians on either side who spend uh, too much time attacking um, their own team. Although I just attacked Cato yesterday on Twitter, so maybe I'm, I, you know, I can't really throw the first stone here. Well, you got to um, define teams. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this. Thing. So there's an idea. I'm I'm very fond of this um, concept called. Um, it's called the narcissist. It's called the narcissism of small differences. It's actually it, in my it, notes, but yeah, yeah we'll go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. and it's and it's this idea that like a lot of the the the, the sharpest, um, most virulent conflict comes from people who are actually pretty similar, right? Uh, and this is because, um, well, we could debate why. I think the phenomenon is clear that like you know you have ethnic conflicts between people who are pretty close. They don't go fight people, you know, farther away from them. And even among the libertarian party stuff, right? Like I, I, again, I find the fagertarians objectionable. They find, they probably find me objectionable. Um, but like there's more fighting between those two 
sides than like like the Fagertarians are way closer to us than you know than a neocon. They are right. They're closer. We're closer in perspective. Any member of Fagertarians is closer to my perspectives than a neocon. And how many how much time do the Fagertarians spend attacking other libertarians and vice versa compared to how much time they're spent attacking. Uh, yeah, attacking I, I, I get what you're getting at, but my biggest thing between those two is that the neocons have no illusion of any, in any way representing me. So, I mean, I think that's partially where that like might come from. And I get what you're talking about. Gornoski talks about it a lot too. There's a lot of his mimetic theory stuff and it's very cool concept, but sorry, go ahead. If you have more. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely logical reasons that it, that it happens. <laughs> I guess what I would say is we want to, as libertarians, like, cause part of it is that we're actually jostling for status within the in-group, either the in-group and the out-group and so libertarians are the in-group. And, and um, what we want is status to be rewarded for achieving success against the out-group. And we don't want to reward status for attacking people within the in-group. And so I'm not saying that we can't be critical of people within the in-group, but we want to make sure that like the people that are the highest status within the libertarian movement, those should be people who are achieving actual libertarian successes. That's, that's, those are the people that we should be lauding. And so we don't, you know, the kind of person who is the attack dog against their own team, I don't think we should let those people become sort of higher status within the, the community, because I don't think that's actually that useful. Um, oh, that's, yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, there is definitely utility in uh, removing bad actors or identifying bad actors. But at some point, I, I am a big fan of the – I'm a big fan of the approach of, of ridicule, then ignore, or just ignore. So yeah. depending on the situation. So like with the, the Fakertarians, I'm of the, the opinion with the, that group that we're well past the ridicule. And <laughs> really, it's more just the ignore time because I mean, yeah. let them slink into irrelevancy. So yeah. Y- yeah, yeah. So Yeah, and there's a mix I mean, because you have – People who are some of the members of that group are um, basically relatively libertarian, but they just are really focused on identity politics or social issues. Some of the people are literally interests in the sense that they aren't libertarian; they are, you know, literally socialists or you know, or other forms of ideology uh, that see the Libertarian Party as a vehicle to advance their ideas. And so, I do think that those. The people in that latter category do need to be rejected. But if I look at like, like I, I, it's funny because someone gave me shit for this. Uh, someone from sort of closer to my side gave me shit for saying that, that Archie Flowers is, is more libertarian than Nick Fuentes. And look, I, I may, I may groan more often about things that Archie Flowers says, but I think that Archie Flowers is more libertarian than Nick Fuentes. I mean, Nick, Nick has a number of explicitly non-libertarian views. And I don't think that Archie does. I think Archie is misled in a number of his beliefs and strategies. And I find him somewhat cringe on a regular basis when I see what he's saying. And so there's a sense that I want to reject him because I don't like the idea that he's representing me. And so it is like you're saying, like, because Nick doesn't represent me. Nick's not a libertarian. And so if Nick says something, you know, that I find distasteful, I don't have that visceral reaction to it because he's not ostensibly representing me. And so I think that is a very, very good point that you made, that that's part of why you have that reaction. Because I do have that reaction. I'm not above having that reaction. Like Archie says something dumb. It, it rubs me much more the wrong way than if I see Nick Fuentes rub, say something dumb. Um, um, but like nonetheless, objectively speaking, I think Archie is way closer to my 
point of view than than someone like Nick is. Yeah, and there is very much. I think there's a balance that needs to be drawn where I think if we as a group or as individuals allow some entity that we find to be objectionable to thrive on our hate, we are to some extent elevating them. So, I mean, maybe not much like, so that, that like hate type stuff doesn't usually get people very far. You know, your star walks, your fagotarians, like they, yes, they still have presences in the community or online, but it's, it's not, it isn't great to exist off hate, but at the same time, you're kind of to some extent fueling their existence. So like, yeah. yeah, I think there's something there. So yeah, but there's, I mean, look, I think if you can tell by the YouTube comments and the other reaction to that show on social media that like, I did a pretty, they, they came at me, they swung their hardest and there were good answers for why I did anything that I did. Um, and so I think that's like the general consensus among most libertarians who, uh, who observed that. Um, and so I don't know, I'm, I, <laughs> I've gotten into it with Nick Sarwak before. And one of the things that always frustrated with me about him um, was that he's not willing to actually engage in public debate or public discussion of the, the positions that he's taking. So he likes to snipe from the sidelines. He likes to make these aside comments and then he refuses to have any direct discussion. And so I really want to be the opposite of that. Like if I say something that's provocative or that some people don't like, I, I want to be willing to explain it. I want to be willing to, to discuss it. Um, and, and so, you know, fakertarians are one of my critics. And so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm willing to go on and, and, and say what I did. I'm willing to go into hostile territory. I think that, uh, you know, all of the libertarians that I respect were willing to do that. You know, Ron Paul's willing to, you know, go into, you know, hardcore socially conservative areas and say, legalize all the drugs, you know? And so I, 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 you know, he's a hero of mine and I, I want to, you know, um, uh, I want to be that kind of person who's who's willing to you know say what he believes in in, in any environment, right? Then you might say it differently to t try to attempt to um, you know be more persuasive or whatever. But I don't I don't want to hide what I believe. That's it. That's that's very essential actually to a lot of what I'm doing. It's essential to my work. It's essential to you know me living in New Hampshire. My online presence is like I don't believe that libertarians should have to apologize. I don't believe that they should have to beg for acceptance. I think they should be brave. I think that we we are who we are. We deserve acceptance. We deserve the ability to live the way that we want to live. And I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not willing to apologize for it. And I'm not interested in like, you know, being careful about it. I'm willing to, yeah. I want to just state it, you know. I would hazard though, I very much respect that. And I would hazard though for other people in the future not to because you kind of win the lines down there. And had you been a lesser man or, or someone who didn't stick to their guns, you could have gotten eaten alive. Like, you really could have. Because, But I think you kind of pull the master class on how you deal with these type of things. Because you never – I mean, there, there was one occasion where you did back down, but it wasn't a back down. It was a, oh, in the interest of fairness, I, I will give you a qualifier for that statement, whatever. I mean, that can be seen as backing down in a certain sense, but – not really. You you stuck to your guns. You said what you said, and you didn't let them bully around, or you didn't ever try to tailor your message in any sort of tiptoe way to avoid hurting their feelings. Yeah. So, well, you know. what, what I won't back down on is my intent. I mean, I'm, I'm unequivocally libertarian, and I believe that the principles that I hold are broadly acceptable among libertarians. I am someone who is willing to experiment, try different ways of doing things, and that means that sometimes you're going to make mistakes. 
I believe I've sent mess. I, I believe I've sent messages that were not that were misconstrued. Um, but that's there's a sense of like that's within my sphere of control. If I if I send a message that like was well intentioned, but that eighty percent of people misinterpret, like I don't need to apologize in the sense of like saying something that was incorrect. But I can admit that well, that may have been a strategic mistake. And I'll give an example of like the 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 trans the trans tweet which is one of the ones that's gotten me in trouble which is like i think objectively speaking um you know the amount of of trans violence that happens is much less evil than the state is and i think that most libertarians would agree with that that the state you know there's something like 25 trans people are murdered a year that's not a good thing. Murder is very bad, but the state is more evil than 25 murders, what the state is doing. Uh, but I can understand how some people read that tweet as saying that, that trans murder is a good thing. I don't believe that at all. And, and I think most people understood that that's not what I was saying. But if some people read that tweet and thought that I was saying that trans murder is good, then like that's something within my control. I can attempt to write that tweet in a different way so that people aren't misconstruing it. And I don't think those people should attack me because they can listen to me saying, no, I wasn't saying trans murder is a good thing. Trans murder is a bad thing. But it is within my control to potentially write that differently in the future so that people don't take it that way. And so I do think it's always good to look for, well, how can I do this better moving forward? And there are ways I think I can do things better moving forward. I, I, with that one, I actually think you struck, struck gold there. That was perfection <laughs> in my opinion. And that is not from any place of hate towards trans or anything. I think it perfectly plays the part of what, you know, especially knowing your end goals where you don't have this like nationalistic idea of like Liberty. I think some suffer from in, in this movement or whatever, but you're more trying to galvanize allies and identify enemies or people who aren't on our team, maybe not necessarily enemies, but in what better way to do it than like something like that? Cause I get people may have this like instinct reaction to be upset, but if you don't literally take the time to be like, wait, 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 like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it shows your intentions. If you immediately get inflamed by that and go off the rails, like, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. This It's not a, not a perfect, a perfect, uh, um, metric or whatever to use, but it, I, it's useful. I, I think it really does a good job of identifying this, like in for informative reasons, like, who, where are these people at? Like who, you know, like, and that, I mean, this whole interaction with like the, with like tower power hour and like the gust thing and stuff, which we'll get into in a second. I, from the beginning was like told everyone, like in the, the tower power hour guys, like, this is great. This is like, I couldn't ask for anything better. Like, yeah, I know it. Like, like we're identifying those that would stab us in the back. Like the, the, it was easy. There were people that were like multiple people that were like, Oh, well these seem cool. And now they're like basically borderline calling us pedophiles for stuff we objectively didn't do. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I think, I don't know if I you said already or if that was in the pre, but we, I don't even think we, anyone even referred to him as a faggot or anything in there. So like, it's like, it actually was not as offensive as we thought it was. <laughs> like, like we yeah, thought it was going to be way worse. And, and I, I'm sympathetic to that. And I think that's, well, it's part of the challenge that libertarians face, which is we're an extreme minority. We are, and this is this is another one of the things I've gotten in trouble. With. Like, but like I think that I think that libertarians like literally are the equivalent of of a, a of a sexual minority of the equivalent of of the position that gay people were in, you know, 30, 40 years ago, or even twenty years ago. 
um, where in other words, that um, we have this preference for the way that we want to live that is generally disregarded by society and regarded as illegitimate and even regarded as, um, as immoral. But if you look even within that movement at the time, you had the same kind of split between people who wanted to be unequivocally who they were and people who wanted to kind of hide it and attempt to, um, you know, make it more presentable to the establishment, um, to the establishment of the time. And I'm certainly of the school of like, I don't want to, I don't want to apologize. Um, but there it's, it's natural human. And I'm not trying to like excuse these people because I share your view of like, oh, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, like for attacking us for this. So like, there's definitely, I'm not, I'm not actually like disagreeing in terms of my emotional response, but I can also understand that like, it's, it's human nature. Humans want to serve the, the power structures and the society that they're within. They, humans want to be admired and seen as good people. And so like they're, the, the behavior is, it's incentivized by society. Society incentivizes these types of criticisms. And so like, I'm not excusing it or endorsing it, but I can at the same time under, understand it. Yeah. No, I got you. I think I lost you for a second there, but you're back. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I was probably rambling, you know. No, you're, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, so let's. I want to touch back on the Gus thing because I feel like the because like I, I kind of like I said we're kind of following up to figure Terrence. I'm going to go over a lot of stuff they went over, but in, in a way that it's not a gotcha. So I mean, whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm pitching. I'm pitching you softballs here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I actually thought a lot of interesting stuff came up. But they came up in the context of a gotcha. And so like when I watched, I'm like, I'd actually like to talk about a lot of stuff, but not in a gotcha way because I actually agree with like everything. It just is like, these very like faux pas things that if presented a certain way sound bad because like for example like civil civil rights act of of whatever 64 or 74 whatever that that came up and obviously i feel like me and you agree on that and that's a very controversial thing but anyways they started out and they, they brought the gus thing right off the bat and so i kind of want to use that to illustrate kind of in a sense like what you did here too because i think it, it, it's kind of almost like a mirror thing like with the gus thing for i mean i, I I'll, I'll go and explain it real quick and if you disagree with it or my presentation you know, whatever, like there was a, at that LP meeting or whatever for the New Hampshire thing, uh, the Gus kid was there and he was, and I don't remember what, under what context, but you told him to suck your dick. Yeah, and well, not, like, not clear he was, that he was a, a kid yes, at, that, yes. at that time. I want to, yeah, that's, I think an important yep. fact, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you, you told him to suck your, your dick. Clearly I he, not. A, I also, huh? I will say not to be too uh, nuanced. I said he would suck my dick. I didn't. I didn't say I wanted to. I said. I said. I said he would if given the chance. Yeah. Not well, even yet. if you did say suck my dick, it's a. Yeah. It clearly, it's a, was not a uh, proposition. Like, and, and, and this is the silliest part of this. People start conflating things, and like this was not a proposition by any yeah. stretch of imagination. As as most, of <laughs> I, you know, I actually this was in a more private forum, so I I, I don't know. I hope it's okay to talk about, but like. I actually went back and forth with Spike Cohen about this. And I was like, <laughs> do people say suck my dick all the time? Not meaning I sent him a YouTube video. It's a five minutes of women saying suck my dick. <laughs> I said, well, people, just say, <laughs> people say this. I don't think anyone saying this is like, obviously if, if there's, there's, you know, hundreds of women saying suck my dick in these various movie clips, like 
literally none of them mean it literally because they, they don't have one, mm. you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, like at no time was I, I, I genuinely expressing a desire for him to do that. You sent him five minutes of a call of duty lobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, what's so ridiculous. And it's, it's, I mean, I have such disdain for this in, in, in our culture of like this, this, like that you get rewarded for being the victim. It's, I think it's, it's just generally not the kind of culture um, that I want. And it's, and, and that's what's to me was so ridiculous about the whole thing is this kid and I, sure he's a kid, fine. I don't care. I'm happy, but like, he's clearly sophisticated enough. He knows what he's doing. He was not genuinely offended. He was a, he's, he's a smart individual who was smart enough to figure out that I can use this in a way to get the outcome that I want. And he's, he's a literal socialist, right? So he is the kind of person who I think the LP doesn't want, wants to be driving away. These, these, and, and these people have this mentality, they're interests, you know, and I, and I'm not, I'm not like exaggerating when I say that he's a literal socialist. Like he literally advocates for a welfare state um, and wants to consider himself a libertarian. And it's like, there's no idea more antithetical to libertarianism than the notion of compelled taxation, you know, to, to fund a welfare state. And so he's, but he knows what he's doing. He's smart. That's why he's here, you know? Um, and so to embrace him, uh, you know, it's exactly what the movement is, is doing wrong in my opinion. Okay. Well, the point I was want to drive at in this whole thing that I think is the ultimate Chad move of this whole thing was the double down because and and this yeah. is where people get to where like this is where some people's sensibilities kick in and they go well i don't i mean i i get him saying suck his dick at first but once he found out he was 15 like how would he why would he double down like that and and like i 100 percent agree like you don't show weakness and like and, and, and once again you're still not propositioning this kid so like and, I, and a lot of people go, oh, he's 15, he's a kid. And it's like, we're not talking about an eight-year-old here. We're talking about a 15-year-old. When I was 15, I was chasing ass, and I was a blue-collar kid that worked construction with grown-ups that have said far worse to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I can't, I can't feel sympathy for a 15-year-old. Go, oh my God, someone said mean words to me. I, well, there, I'm sorry. There, there <laughs> are more, feel, more sort of sheltered 15-year-olds that I might feel that kind of sympathy for. This this person is is clearly a, a pretty worldly individual who is like regularly talking in, in ways that this is it's clear that this is not you know not genuinely offensive to him. It's not and, his first dick sucking. Right. And so <laughs> I, but I, but I think that's the key. Like if someone is genuinely offended, even for reasons that you think don't make sense, it's reasonable to apologize to that person. Mm. But if someone is manipulating uh, via a pretend kind of offense, then it's ridiculous to apologize to that person. And so, like, honestly, if I thought that Gus had genuinely been offended by what I said, I actually would have apologized. Uh, it, but it's that it was clear that he was not genuinely offended, was trying to play the victim, um, you know, was trying to manipulate people. And then, yes, I think the right thing to do is to is to sort of double down. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. I feel like, and I feel like that attitude was mirrored in your appearance on Figuritarians and very much the, I, you're not going to throw something like 
for example, if you brought Civil Rights Act of 1974 and they, they somehow give some sort of racist implications, instead of doing this like backpedaling, trying to like qualify, blah, 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 instead just be like, well, I mean, I said what I said. So yeah, yeah, like well, we can do that one because I mean, that one's not even debatable. I mean, this yeah. is like a central issue for libertarians to understand. Like that's you know, of all the tweets that caused any trouble, that's actually my personal favorite one. The woke, the uh, the wokeness. Uh, all Republicans want to do about wokeness is wine. You know, libertarians have solutions. You know, repeal the Civil Rights Act. You know, yeah, end affirmative action. <laughs> like these, that is literally one hundred percent substantively correct like and there's a, a a really good article by richard hanania called wokeness is just civil rights law and it's in, entirely accurate that like this is not just a social phenomenon this is a government supported phenomenon wokeness is a government supported and government-backed phenomenon and there are laws that are supporting the fact that all this stuff is happening and libertarians should not support these laws. Um, and so, yeah, that's actually my my favorite one for that reason. Yeah, no, it was a good one for sure. But yeah, no, I definitely just I, – I, I just wanted to take the moment to defend the double down because a lot that's where everyone gets caught up. And I don't have any – and you're actually nicer than I am, like, to even qualify yeah. that if you – like, for me, I'm personally in the opinion if you said, well, I'm offended by that, but like, well, fucking cry harder. That's more my style. <laughs> but, like, I mean, depending. I mean, it, it would very well, much – It's whether but... it's genuine or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, and I'm not a mean person either. I mean, yeah. I, it's just if you're going to come at me, I'm not going to fucking back down. I, I don't know. Like, and I don't know why you, you're you going to throw an age at me. It's, I mean, unless it's like a fucking. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with a nine year old. But if you're like a teenager and you started it. And that was the central point of my double down. Like this, this person joined a, a, a call of. I think everyone else on the call was adults. And I honestly, I'd be surprised if he doesn't consider himself an adult in other contexts in terms of how he wants to live his life. And so he calls, he calls us the worst slurs possible says that our property should be taken regardless of whether it's legitimate says basically destroy us at all costs, you know? And so he is not, um, acting as an innocent person. He's acting as a very aggressive person who's attempting to aggress against us, violate our rights. And so, yeah, I, I, I insulted him and I will, I will stand by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And, and, and even just from a, as a perspective of tactics, I will say that looking back in this whole situation, the ones that had the most issue were the people who were more prone to back down. Like for example, look at the tower power. We had multiple people in our group that like, got sort of got attacked but there was only like one that they really stuck with and he never technically caved but he's the kind of person who's like wants to be get along to get uh, to with everybody type deal so they knew he was a softer target whereas if you don't back down people generally like they get the message pretty quick that like this isn't someone we will exploit and that's where you end up with situations like your fagertarian appearance where they clearly were trying to get you the entire episode but they had no way to get you because you never really showed weakness yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a very good analysis, and that's that's true of a lot of the these kinds of woke attacks. Is like, you know, when you show them a little bit, they only get more. Um, you could look at like the Mumford and Sons guy resigning from the band after the Andy No book thing, you know, where this the one of the I don't even know I don't even follow the band, but one of the key band members like 
tweeted positively about this Andy No book covering Antifa, ended up apologizing. And once you give the apology, it's over. Um, and now he's out of the band. He had to leave. Are you, are you mad they kicked you out of the band? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the beard's, the beard's I'm looking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, hey, so let's move on from this topic. Let's move. Yeah. Next, I want to talk on is kind of want to give you a chance to address quickly the the Young Americans for Liberty thing because that's one that gets brought up a lot and in a context where no one's really coming at you. So, so if you want to give your quick spiel, we'll move on because that yeah. that one's. I mean, I kind of generally agree with you, but it's not that interesting. <laughs> but I figured <laughs> um, I'd give you a chance to address so it. This one is like, I don't like. It feels to me that there is a bit of a double standard when it comes to sort of sexual assault allegations from any other type of allegation. And I don't like this and I'm not trying to deny the reality of sexual assault that it happens or any of that shit. Um, and so, but basically there is a woman um, who came at Cliff from Yale and like her evidence was like all of these screenshots without names attached. And it very much pattern matched to me the kinds of attacks that you saw against, you know, Brett Kavanaugh or something like this, where, um, like, I don't think this kind of thing should be okay. And so uh, I did push back against it. Um, and and I kind of said that it was ridiculous. And, and most people are willing to do this. Even the people who disagree with it, they tend to be quiet. That's not really my style. So I, you know, I, I spoke up about it. Um, and like, you know, basically, I don't I don't think that libertarians should be um, I'm not should be embracing these Me Too style attacks. Like if something happened, then like at a minimum, the name needs to be attached to the claim. Like this is like sexual assault is not embarrassing. Being robbed is not embarrassing. Having someone you know pull a gun on you and take your wallet is not embarrassing. It's no different. Um, you know, for, for women who are who are victimized. And that happens the same way that other crimes happen. But the, the, these kinds of, uh, you know, if, if it turns into a whisper campaign where people are saying that something happened and people aren't willing to put their names on it and aren't willing to say what happened, I disagree with that entirely. Uh, and I don't think that's that matches a libertarian conception of justice that, uh, you know, we're going to tolerate these kinds of anonymous style uh, attacks. And I think libertarians are good at this in almost every other context. But, uh, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of women, anonymous women, for except with the exception of one person, you know, basically were saying that this thing, these, this bad behavior was happening. Um, and so, yeah, you know, so I, I, I pushed back against it. Um, now, I have had a number of people come to me since then, uh, uh, you know, and say it was a real thing. But even now, even today, and I'm not, uh, you know, at this point, I don't even know where I'd be at in terms of the veracity of all of it, but it's like, I still don't like it. It's like, state your fucking name, say what happened and like, be clear about it. Like if something bad happened to you, say what happened, spell it out. Um, and, and so I still don't, I still don't really like um, the behavior around all that. Like in terms of my, my estimate as to what the truth is, it's much hazier than it would have been in the past because so, so many people have sort of sent me these messages, but I still don't like the fact that it's like, look, if something happened to you, say what it was, man. It's not, this isn't, you don't need to hide it. And, and so I would say to like, to women who feel that they were a victim of this kind of thing, don't hide. It's not embarrassing. 
It's not embarrassing. If someone if someone assaulted you, that's not something to be embarrassed of. You're a victim. It's not embarrassing to be a victim. Anyone can be a victim. I can be a victim. If someone um, you know, threatens me or or whatever, I'm gonna I'm gonna capitulate. You know, I, well, assuming I can't defend myself. You know, whatever. I mean, there's certainly situations where I capitulate. It's not embarrassing to have to to have something like this happen to you. And so I would rather be pushing the norm that like. Hey, this isn't, if you were assaulted, that's not something you have to apologize for. That's not something you have to hide. It happens. It's bad. But like, you know, almost implicit in the way that all this conducted is conducted is the fact that these, the women should also be ashamed because if they weren't ashamed, why would they not put their name on the allegations? You know? Um, and, and so that's, that's sort of where I'm at. Um, where I'm at on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And, and like, I don't know. I was never really embroiled in this whole situation, but the and I've had similar situations that I've seen happen on social media. And my thoughts is just not a good look if you're going to go the, the route of the court of public opinion and you don't come with receipts. Like yeah. you, like it just doesn't. Whether it's true or not, it. I'm sorry if some random person is telling you about this awful thing that supposedly happened, and I have no really anything to verify it, and we don't really have any sort of relationship like that in real life. I'm, it's like what, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I come from. So, yeah, and I'm not even talking about hard evidence, but okay, on this something thing, in this <laughs> location, you know, this happened to me. Like, state it way more clearly. You know, the, the, the original attack against Cliff was like literally nothing but like Facebook and text messages that did not have names attached, did not have dates attached. And like, I do not think we should be endorsing that that kind of behavior, even separate from whatever the reality of this situation is. We should not be endorsing the way that that uh, campaign was um, conducted. And it was also clear from the way you can see from the way that the engagement happens, uh, you know, upon the announcement that that was not one person, you know, coming forward spontaneously. That was people having, you know, uh, conversations in private, you know, saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come forward with it. This is how we're going to, um, you know, promote it and talk about it. Now, maybe they were doing that because something really happened. Again, I'm, I, you know, I will say I have moved uh, you know, more neutral on the truth of that matter. Um, uh, but, um, but, but I really don't endorse the way that, um, the way that it was, it was conducted. Yeah. And I'm the same way. I just instinctually am not like on board when I see stuff like that. I know a lot of people are, and that's part of the problem because people get caught in the mob. I was going to bring up IQ test next, but that was just kind of lame. I just, I really, that was one of the most cringe things about that, that people got, even got offended by the IQ test. Cause it's just like, really, you can't understand why someone would want to hire based on intelligence. Like I, I, I okay. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> maybe I'll talk about this one anyway because yeah. <laughs> I think it's an important libertarian issue, and I think it's something that even Republicans, for the most part, aren't willing to touch. Um, you know, which is, and I'm not making any claims as as the House. You know, you know, Charles Murray makes claims about you know, uh, or other people make claims, um, you know, about it being you know genetically driven or whatever, but it's. Um, it's very clear that there there are differences in crime rate, there are differences in behavior, and there are differences in intelligence. And this is not a, a white superiority thing. Like if anything, this type of analysis says uh, Asians are the superior race, not, not white people. Um, but it's clear that these differences exist. Um, they exist at the time of adulthood. And they're generally stable. You know, you know once you're you know, 20, you're not going to all of a sudden become a brilliant physicist that that kind of um it manifests itself earlier and so 
if we're not willing to talk about these things that are clearly factually true, it's very logical to embrace sort of the, the woke conclusions around systemic racism mm -hmm. um, because there are big income gaps by race. There are big differences in um, arrest rates um, by race. But if there, if there are actually differences in average ability uh, or average criminality um, by race, then those things are actually logical outcomes. And so then you need to sort of say, well, given the differences in, in, in rate, um, are, are there actually disparities beyond that? Like, cause look, there could be differences by race and black people could still be discriminated against, right? Like it's possible that, that black people commit, you know, more crimes, but also black people are discriminated against on top of that fact. Mm. Um, but you know, certainly the evidence from murder rates and other things, um, as well as like all intelligence testing, both private and government. I mean, all of the government, every, every standardized test, everything. Um, you know, sort of backs this this conclusion. And again, it says nothing about individuals. Um, you know, we judge people as individuals. There are plenty of brilliant people and capable people of every race. And even if there's increased criminality, most people aren't criminals of any race, right? You know, 99% of people aren't going to be criminal regardless of what race you're talking about. So you, you never breach conclusions about individuals on the basis of this stuff. But it's become such a taboo topic in society. It's arguably the largest victory that the, the, the sort of woke um, people have, have achieved is the fact that you're not – that even even stating like some of the most object, uh, like objectively true things that no one is debating, you know, no intelligence researchers, the FBI, no criminality, like no one is debating these differences because the, the, the evidence is overwhelming. It's not debatable evidence. Um, and 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 yet somehow there's this taboo on talking about it, and it's ridiculous, and it's a big part of why they're winning. You know, yeah. if, you, if you're not presented with these facts, it's very logical to 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 think that you know incarceration rates are, are driven by racism, or these other outcomes are driven by racism. And I'm not saying that even that race the role of racism is literally zero. Maybe it is above zero, but. Um, but to say that, um, like, simply, because a lot of people will make these differences, like, well, look at how many black people are incarcerated. Look at how many white people are incarcerated. Therefore, it's racism. Well, look at how many white people are incarcerated and look at how many Asian people are incarcerated. Is there racism against white people because of this these differences? You know, when people will say that. Well, maybe it's not true in these other cases. And, and so we need to do way more deeper and robust analysis of these kinds of things before before reaching these, these, systemic, these you know, systemic racism type conclusions. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it is funny that people always act like, well, even once you can even get them to be like, get on and be like, well, they're like, yes, this is legit. Like, I'm not ascribing why. Like, it, I don't, it's not debatable that there are, you know, if you look at like grouping people by races, there are differences it, it, on a on a mean like t like a statistical type level. But like to, I, I don't, it, it, people always go like, why? Why are you even asking? Like. Because it has implications, just like you you got at. Like that has implications that maybe your silly idea of systematic racism or whatever is flawed. Because like, I, and it's funny too. People like the, a lot of people that, that fight against it. If you then take that and like apply it in different ways, and you're, then they're like, whoa, like so. I don't know. People just aren't consistent in their thinking. And and I, I get. I guess I, I could you kind of want to touch on it a little bit because they brought up systematic racism and they defined it as like disparate outcomes. And I guess I don't know if you want to like take a moment to touch on that because it is like. 
people play this semantic game where they they play this like racism card and then you're like well what do you mean and you're like oh well yeah like look how many more black people like but that doesn't mean racism and that was kind of what you're getting at here yeah yeah like racism to me and i think to most people racism means racially motivated animus it means judging and disliking people on the basis of their skin color and their race that's what racism means to me i mean look the the and it's funny that i'm like even having this conversation i'm like hesitant to state objectively true facts but i'll go i'll go ahead and do it because i don't i don't want to be this kind of apologetic person right it's like the the because I, I, I googled it actually while um while was, so the because to make sure that this is true so like the 80 if you you may have seen sometimes people will post this 1352 you know that 13 uh, percent of black people commit 52 percent of all murders this is an objectively true fact the fbi all government backs up. The ADL considers stating that to be racist. It's considered stating that fact to be racist. So by like literally acknowledging these statistical realities that that's racist. Look, most black people aren't murderers. Because most people aren't murderers. That fact does not in any way say that you should judge any individual on the basis of these kinds of things. But it's just objectively true. Uh, and this it's and it's true beyond murders it's not just murders it's a number of other crimes and so like you see these um outcomes about your differences in incarceration rate and then they say systemic racism because it's different by races well that it's only racism if if the races have equal inclination um to these various behaviors and and, and by the um kinds of conclusions by the arguments that these people make, there's systemic racism against white people because look, compare how they perform to Asians. A- Asians are less criminal than white people. They are um, by every measure. Um, and so is there systemic racism against white people? And these same people would say no. So the, 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 you know, and so this is why we need to, you know, these definitions of systemic racism that say like any differences between races that are measurable, they're, they're absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, the highest earning races in, in, in America are not white people. It's Asians and Indians and all these other minorities. So this, Jews, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not even implying uh, anything there. I know yeah. a lot of people are probably like, what? Like, no. what the, they're the ones ruling the thing. There's right. a reason why there's so many people always joke about being so many Jews in the, in the upper echelon, just because they do so well as a race. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, all the, I mean, Hitler got all the stupider <laughs> ones, you know, so it's... <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it that'll get clipped out and not work out so well later i mean it is like it is a plausible phenomenon i mean what happens I and mean, i'm not endorsing obviously disgusting behavior i mean i mean something i'm very sensitive to I mean, hitler, hitler were to kill kill so hitler, hitler was kind of successful but not in the way he wanted to be well it's uh, <laughs> i mean right i mean it's like like look if, if someone set out and said i'm gonna kill all people of one race or whatever i mean it is probably gonna kill more of the stupider ones than the smarter right <laughs> the smarter ones are gonna be more likely to oh my god i'm, I'm I, thinking i wish i could do a trump impression because i <laughs> I prefer the jews that don't get caught <laughs> <laughs> sorry i don't know bad. i'm not i'm not even saying that's why um it may, it may have been a true phenomenon even yeah. before Hitler. but look he killed it's six million Jews. It's a, he killed a tremendous amount of Jewish people. It's a, obviously one of the most you know, revolting things to happen in, in, in semi-recent human history. Um, but like, could it have had an effect? I mean, yeah, all these things had an effect. Um, and, and so I don't know. I mean, I'm this 
I have this kind of mentality where it's like, look, if it's the truth, I don't really care if I like it. There are things that are true about the world that I don't like. I didn't, I didn't set out to want these things to be true. I set out as a curious person, a scientist, uh, you know, who said, well, what are the explanations? And, and like, you know, if you'd talked to me a decade ago, I probably would have thought there's more racism than I do now. And it's because I came across these explanations and they're generally not rebutted because for the most part, they're not even discussed. Maybe there are better rebuttals that I don't even know about. I can, I remain open-minded on these subjects, but like we have to be able to talk about them and the evidence for um, some of these things. It's like, it's simultaneously overwhelming and simultaneously so stifled um, in terms of the ability to discuss them. And if there's any group that's, that's uh, you know, positioned to, it's libertarians because libertarians do try to speak, uh, you know, truths um, that other people may find unpleasant. And right now, look, half the Republicans are woke. It's the woke. It's not just the left thing. Half the Republicans are woke. And, and, and so there are these explanations um, that explain some of these woke things that like almost no one is willing to touch Democrat or Republican. I mean, what better group uh, to, to acknowledge them and give these explanations that a lot of people would find interesting than, than libertarians. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to move on a little bit more, like less of the petty stuff and more interesting ideas. One thing you brought up that I thought was kind of like a cool thing. It's not even really that like new of an idea, but I just kind of like stuck in my head and you, I think it was somehow it came up in relation to the whole like civil rights act stuff, but you brought up how like you would prefer the federal government stays out of matters and that you, the, that maybe whether it be on state levels, like preferably the smaller, the unit, the more freedom it's given in regards to even shit in like, you know, murder town or, yeah. you know, racist town or whatever. And like, I was thinking about that. And, like, if you apply that, that's basically becomes anarchy, like yeah. essentially. So yeah. Yeah, so um, there's an argument that people give to libertarians that libertarians generally reject. And it's if you don't like it, leave, right? Um, if you don't like it, leave is actually a great argument in a world in which you can leave. You can leave. Yeah. Multiple societies exist. Like, I think it's ludicrous um, for the federal government to be regulating municipalities on practically anything, um, including things that I would find incredibly morally objectionable, right? Like I think that, you know, and again, and this is what's so funny about all this stuff is, is having some of these beliefs you get lumped as like socially conservative. I'm like fairly socially progressive. Like I'm generally on board with a lot of, uh, you know, transgenders, people changing their gender, gay marriage, um, any of these, uh, I want a multiracial, multi-ethnic society in terms of where I'd want to live and all these things. Um, but um, it's ludicrous to me. Like I, I just... I think that it's a better world if people are able to sort of self-select and self-sort and, and live the way that they want to live. So I don't want to live in a, in an ethnic society, but there are a lot of black people and white people and Hispanic people and people of all, of, of arguably every race who would like to self-segregate. Okay. So let them, it's a large world. There are people who want to, uh, who don't like homosexuals. They think marriage should only be between a man and a woman. Okay, why can't there be some places where that's true? Now, it's one thing if they're if they're hurting homosexuals, right? If they're if they're if they're if they're like abusing them, but if if you're if you're if you're a homosexual and you can just leave, you can just move 10 miles away or 100 miles away. I don't understand what the the, the problem is. I mean, it's better to me 
and this is, I mean, my ethics are um, like some, um, I'm somewhat of like a, 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 a prefer. Uh, I know utilitarianism is a dirty word among uh, libertarians, but I'm somewhat of a preference utilitarian in the sense that it's like, how can we let as many people satisfy their preferences as possible? Now, I don't go all the way because my preferences are more important than yours. Um, but in the, like, in other words, like, I really want people who share my preferences to be able to live their way. And I would put that above some other things. But it's like, if, if some other people can live, like, like, I think communism is stupid. But if people want to be communists, I don't care. Let them be communists. I don't, I don't want everyone to share my values. I wouldn't be able to live by my values. If other people want to live by their values and those values are mine, I just don't care. The world is so large. Like let more people live the way they want to live. Um, and, and, and so, you know, this is, um, I, and this is, I disagree with libertarians on this. Some libertarians, they, they see their, their moral philosophy as like this absolute correct philosophy. And, and if you're not abiding by it, then you are an immoral person. And I see it as much more of a personal preference. Like I actually see libertarianism as something closer to homosexuality in the sense that it's like, well, I just am this way. I don't know if I was born this way. Maybe it was my environment. Maybe it was a mix of these things. Who knows? But I am this way. I share these beliefs. Lockdowns were disgusting. I don't care. I don't care. It's not about, it's not about whether they worked. It's disgusting. It's disgusting for the government to lock people in their houses. Okay. You might think it's fine. Maybe maybe 90% of the world thinks that it's fine. Well, okay, maybe the 10% who thinks that it's gross can have some way to live. And and so I would like it much more if we could think about, and, and yeah, on the Fagotarians, I gave the example, like, I'll go up to murder. If people want to think that murder is okay, let the murderers have murder town. It's no skin off my back. I don't have to go to murder town. And then murderers can self-circuit. And it's it, it only becomes more legitimate to publish murders because it's like, well, Hey, murder, you could have gone to murder town. You didn't have to do that here. You know, you had a space to go be a murderer. You chose to stay here and murder here. Punishing you is only even, I mean, I think murder is, punishing murder is legitimate in any society, but it's like, it only becomes more legitimate if the murderers had a choice. You know, and, and, and so, like, I, you know, I have actually thought before that, like, America needs an anarchy zone, right? Like, America should have, like, you know, they can put it in the Arizona desert and be like, look, that's the anarchy zone. If you don't agree with America, you can leave. Go to the anarchy zone. Fucking anything goes there. You might get raped. You might get killed. You might get whatever. Like, but it actually make the American government more legitimate because then it's like, look, we have a space and we could see how it turns out. Maybe it would turn into an anarcho-capitalist utopia. Maybe it would turn out to be awful and terrible. But at least you would have a choice, and then and then if you don't like it, leave becomes like a much more legitimate, you know, proposition. Yeah, no, I I, I know there, there's so much there, but uh, I, <laughs> yeah, I got I that part went long. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, like I thought of like multiple tangents to go down, but uh, but I did want to like touch on. Uh, it was funny that Archie then brought that to be like, well, by this. Actually, first off, I'll back up because it kind of ties into. But he asked you about inalienable rights. Like, what are your thoughts on rights? And I'll go ahead and give you a disclaimer that I think rights are a social construct, but that doesn't mean they're useless. So like, I feel like they're useful. That's kind of where yeah. I come from. So yeah. and I have a feeling you're kind of similar. So. Yeah. Um, yes, probably. Like I think a lot <laughs> of them are, are socially constructed. And so it's like, what do we, to me, it's like, well, what do you mean by rights? Because they don't exist in any kind of absolute sense. So generally my interpretation of rights, when people say that that's a right, what they mean is, Everyone ought to be able to do that, and I would expend 
some of my resources or time to support that. And so to me then, like the most fundamental rights are exit rights, the ability to leave a society. Um, and, and the most fundamental rights are the ability to form new societies. Um, I don't, there are things that I feel strongly about that I still wouldn't universalize, right? Because for example, like I think, you know, not getting murdered is a, is somewhat of a right. And this is like, I don't want that to happen. I would explain my read, but like, but again, if people opted into murder society, I wouldn't try to stop it. Right. If isn't because they're all opting into murder society, um, you know? And so it's like, well, so it's not getting murdered a right. I don't know if, if, if people opt into murder being okay, then it's kind of not a right. So it's like, well, so what do we mean by rights? Like, and so I think, um, I think a lot of things that are generally construed as rights would not, be a right under this framework, but I don't think that eliminates all of them because I do think any society that doesn't let people leave it, I think that's illegitimate, um, right? So if a society tries to say that the people born here are never allowed to leave, that feels illegitimate to me. And I would, I would expend my resources to stop that. You know, slavery feels illegitimate to me that someone could be born uh, into being a, um, uh, an owned person that feels illegitimate to me. Um, and so there are things that, that feel illegitimate to me sort of regardless. Um, and so maybe those things are, are right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of where I come from too, that they're yeah. totally just, uh, yeah. And from there, I kind of want to go on. I I'm very, I've been very curious of like what your route was like, kind of like your influences. Cause you did bring up Chomsky and yeah. so, like, to me, it seems like you have a little bit of a different route um, than others. And so I'm interested to see where you come from. You obviously have think, think outside the box a little bit more than some of your traditional ANCAPs do. So it's like some of your influences would be interesting for me. Yeah, and I certainly have traditional ANCAP influence. Like, I like, I like David Friedman. I like Rothbard. And, and even they liked each other. I think the dispute between them gets overblown. Um, one of them just felt that one was less emotional than the other and had a problem with that. Um, uh, and I'm not a particularly emotional person. So I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I, I've come to hate the state more as I get older and the state, um, you know, has sort of done more to me that I find objectionable. Um, no, but well, cause the, so, um, you know, my parents were, um, they were a little unorthodox. They're, um, very, they're very peaceful oriented, but they're kind of hippies. So they're like, they're somewhat libertarian, but like, like I brought them to pork fest and they like loved most of pork fest. And then they see people walking around with guns and they're like, what's wrong with that person? You know? Um, uh, so uh, I, I, they are like, I would say they're more on the left than the right. Um, and to me, the first stepping stone towards libertarianism was sort of like developing this questioning of what I was being told both on the news or in school. And so for me, formatively, that was September 11th and the subsequent Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Um, and the sources that I was consuming at the time that led me to be more critical of that stuff were left sources. I was, I was reading Salon. Um, I, I, I read Noam Chomsky uh, and Howard Zinn and people that, that led me to, to doubt um, some of these things. Now, I continued to read beyond that. And I read people like Milton Friedman, who led me to David Friedman, who led me to other uh, other libertarians. And I old, and and even something like Ayn Rand. I read Ayn Rand not too far beha- behind. Uh, but like, no, like literally, I mean, I read Chomsky before I read Ayn Rand. Right. So like in terms of the first people that sort of red pilled me that, uh, 
you know, it would have been Howardson and, and Noam Chomsky. Like those are the first people I read that were like, maybe what I'm being told isn't true. You know, maybe some of this stuff is, is, is not entirely accurate. And so I do regard those as stepping stones because the first step is realizing that like some of the things you're taught in school aren't, aren't a lot of things you're taught in school aren't, aren't true. Um, and so I, I do think like, I definitely came at it from the, from the left in that sense. And now I think like I would pretty, pretty squarely be uh, libertarian, right? Although I have seen some that separate the like social axis from that because I'm like, I do think I'm relatively social, prog socially progressive in terms of what I find, you know, tolerable in the community that I would live in, but I'm not, I think one of the big differences between libertarian left and libertarian right is this concept of egalitarianism. And I kind of got, I was more egalitarian when I was younger and then I experienced the real world and kind of learned that people are pretty different and, um, you know, and I'm not, not as egalitarian as I once was. Yeah. I think you touched on something interesting there. You brought the left right divide. And I think there's been a lot of talk lately amongst, uh, you know, especially among like the post libertarians and stuff. I don't know if you've been paying attention to some of that uh, stuff, but a lot of people bring up that like, we have to be engaged in the culture war or whatever, but it's like, but then I feel like people get squirrely with their definitions of left and right. So it's like, well, you have to be clear. Like, what are you talking about? Because like the post-libertarians, I've talked to a couple of them, what they mean when they say left and right, they mean left is like a, is chaos and right is order. So it's like, okay, all right, sure. Maybe by that definition, but then there's people who, who will divide it among like private property or whether they believe in more of a collectivism, there's the culture there's, so like, I, I guess like, I feel like this has been a thing that's come up recently, this whole like culture thing. And it's kind of like, well, you're both right. So like yeah. you're just move, playing around with definitions. So I don't know if you have a similar opinion or if you want to weigh in on that. Yeah. That kind of came up too in your discussion a little bit. I think, so. I think the, you know, one of the issues with left, right is it does um, condense a bunch of things into it. And I think that, libertarianism maps onto some of it, but not all of it. I think it's, um, um, I want to say it's Arnold Kling, but I might get this wrong, has this concept that if you're, um, um, if you're on the, if you're uh, uh, on the left or if you're a liberal, um, what you care the most about is equality. If you're on the, if you're a conservative, what you care the most about is order. And if you're a libertarian, what you care the most about is, is freedom. Um, and, and so you can literally, people can rank those three things, you know, freedom, order, and equality. And the way that they rank them would determine what political orientation they have. And on the ranking of those things, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I, I choose freedom over order or, or equality. And I would also choose over uh, order over equality <laughs> if I had to pick <laughs> which one I put second. Oh, you know? sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Uh, and and so I think that in terms of the left libertarian versus left right libertarian divide, I think a lot of it is over that um, equality and egalitarianism sort of axis. I think a lot of left libertarians are very opposed to authority and they see a lot of hierarchy in society as being driven by government. And I think that ultimately in a free society, they would be disappointed by how much hierarchy would continue to exist via voluntary uh, association. And, um, and I don't know how they would cope with that. And I think that's one of the questions as to how much they are allied, because it's like some of them, I think, would say, well, OK, actually, that's still fine. 
um, because it's a voluntary hierarchy. And I, I may be disdainful of the fact that people make those choices, but I accept that people make those choices. And, and people who are in that space who disdain voluntary hierarchy, but are accepting of it, I see those people as on my team. If those if, if there are people who are going to, um, who are so disdainful of hierarchy um, and sort of lack of equality that, you know, if it continued to exist, they would reach for ways to stop it. I see those people as, as not on my, you know, as not on my team. Yeah. Uh, another thing I want to get into, and I feel like this is probably one of the most important points she made during this whole thing. And it kind of got, I guess maybe a little bit overlooked with some of the gotchas, but it, um, and it, you kind of, it kind of tied into multiple things, but you, it was kind of like the nature versus nurture. And I feel like it really, if we apply it to libertarian theory, I feel like it has implications too. Um, and it kind of lends itself towards more your idea. Like we need to start accepting that not everyone is susceptible to our message. Like we all are like, well, you know, I got, I was once a statist and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, but you got to realize like you may have been more apt to, to fall into that. And and so it's a nature versus nurture, which is obviously a false dichotomy. It's kind of both, but it's, if you include the nature uh, the nature component in there, it has implications that not everyone is susceptible to our message. And that kind of leads towards, you know, free state and stuff along those lines. So uh, I don't know if you want to touch on that a little bit, because that was something that came up a lot. The whole, like, you, I mean, you kind of, you used and they kind of got offended, which I actually think was a perfect analogy. You use the analogy of like sexuality and like how, you know, it's, you know, we always make the case that it's genetically uh, predisposed or whatever. And, you may be the case that it may even be more so for libertarianism or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a complex topic. I'm not an expert at it and it is something that people can find contentious. Um, but, um, I mean, look, it's, I don't think it's a particular libertarian kind of thing. I think you'll find people of all persuasions, um, who will advance these ideas. And, uh, um, the cleanest way I've seen it prevent presented is, um, I think it's called something like the three laws of 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 uh, behavioral genetics or something like this, which is the idea that like generally for any human principle, the largest influence is genetics. Um, the second largest influence is shared environment, and so shared environment is like basically your zip code. You know, it's the things that um, you would experience living in a place. Um, regardless of sort of which family unit you're in. And then there's non-shared environment, which is your family household. And all of them play an influence. No one says that these don't play an influence. Every, your household matters. Your parenting matters. I mean, I have kids. I care a lot about how I raise them. Um, and, and so everything matters. Um, but the evidence is like very clear that genetics matter for a lot of things. And there's a lot of evidence from um, twin studies. So twin studies are where... Um, literally identical twins were raised in completely different places by completely different parents. And there's a, um, a tremendous amount of evidence that um, things like that basically everything is, is hereditary, not just sexual orientation. So sexual orientation is absolutely something that for, um, you know, it's not essentially chosen um, in, you know, in, in, well, I don't want to know if I want to say in most cases, but like it's very influenced by genetics. Let's say it that way. But this is true of everything. Um, and something, one of the ones that people like to, I, I share this week, because, and look, I'm trying to be provocative when I say this, but I also think it's objectively true. Right-wing authoritarianism is quite arguably more genetic than homosexuality. 
So when you look at, and that's like a very provocative state, people don't, aren't used to thinking, well, how, like, like what, so a neocon is the same as a gay person in terms of how much choice they had and in terms of how they are the way that they are. There's a lot of evidence that says, yes, there's a lot of evidence that says that that's true. And that's like a kind of a crazy statement to make, but there's a lot of evidence to back it up. And because if you look at, at um, identical twins who are separated, like you, you, and you look at how they develop politically, it's the same kind of thing. People end up um, you, uh, who are adopted end up being right wing authoritarians, largely on the basis of how much were their parents right wing authoritarians. These these people could be raised by people who are you know, progressive leftists. They still end up being right wing authoritarians. One of the thing it takes to adopt those beliefs is exposure to the ideas. And so one of the reasons that I'm a favor of sort of bold libertarian messaging is there are people who are primed to be libertarians and they need to be exposed to the ideas to understand that it's possible. No one's going to be a right-wing authoritarian if they don't know that right-wing authoritarianism exists. And I think that for a lot of libertarians, this also matches their own journey to libertarianism. Like they were kind of presented with the ideas and they're like, that makes sense. I like that. Right. Like, and that sort of matches my journey, you know, like, I, I read, I read Ayn Rand and I really liked it. You know, I was 18. I read Ayn Rand. I really liked it. I said, this is a great story. And a lot of people said, and I was funny because I was reading Salon at the same time and Salon would like, hey, the guy Rand's a terrible person. I was like, that book was fine. Why did everybody hate this book? I, you know, I thought it had some, some good points and some good um, topics and so on. And so I think that we want to believe that we're these completely free people, but I don't think that that's really true. I think that there are all kinds of, and also, I mean, look, if you're a libertarian, you're probably smarter than a decent amount of people. Like, do you feel that that was entirely earned? Like I did, I always did very well in school. I don't really feel that that was like, because I worked harder than everyone else or because like, you know, I somehow had this insight. Like, I feel like I was just, I don't know, I was just kind of smart at things. And, and so I, you know, that's, that can be uncomfortable. And I'm not saying that makes, and again, it doesn't say anything about who's better than anyone else, which I think is generally about how you live morally, not your ability. Um, but I think that if you appreciate these facts, it really changes the way that you think about things, because I think that there are a lot of people who will literally never be libertarian. They don't have a libertarian psychology. And 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 if, if people are uncomfortable with that being genetic, um, I think it's like it's it's even more clear that these aspects are stable at the time of adulthood. So we don't have to accept them as being genetic, but it's clear that like these these aspects are stable at adulthood. And so this idea that like you know like just blank slateism is just it's an entirely disproven idea. There's like basically no one who supports this idea that people are blank slates that that everyone is born completely equal um and 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 whatever they experience and however they're raised that's who they become i i think that the evidence is overwhelmingly against this and it's not even a libertarian idea i mean you can read steven pinker um you know who's not an especially libertarian guy and you know he would give you the same ideas he wrote the book the blank slate which is actually a book critical of the blank slate um and so yeah i think it's important that libertarians um understand this and accept this because it, it, it starts to make you realize that like maybe persuading everyone to be a libertarian is not necessarily possible. Um, it's a big part of why I believe that like libertarian concentration is a much more important strategy, uh, than libertarian persuasion. Um, because there are enough of us in the world, there are tens of millions of us, um, who, who help, who hold these beliefs and it doesn't matter whether they're, um, 
quote, objectively correct, all that matters is that we hold them sincerely. And so similar to gay people or other minorities who previously didn't have the ability to live the way that they wanted to, you know, libertarians should be, um, it's almost like a libertarian, I'm not big on identity politics, but it's almost like libertarian identity politics. Like this is who we are. We're not ashamed of it. And we deserve the ability to live the way that we want to live. We're not trying to impose our beliefs on you. This is, I, I don't, and this is also why I don't want to make America libertarian because a lot of people don't want it to be. So you know, making a, the entirety of America libertarian would be taking away, like a lot of people agree that they ought to be able to rule their neighbors and ought to be able to interfere in all these ways and all these things that libertarians disagree with. They like lockdowns. They think lockdowns are the right thing to do. If, 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 if a virus comes out again, they want to be locked down again because it's right. You know, and so rather than treating these things as like objective and saying you're wrong you're a bad person because you support this thing and it's immoral instead think of it as well like look i just this is the way i want to live i'm inclined to be this way in the same way um and we don't have to make it you know that you were born this way whatever but just i'm inclined to be this way this is the way that i am i deserve the ability to live my life um and and let you know and, and be pushing much more for that sort of style of 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 argument yeah, no, I'm definitely much, I my big thing is I'm pushing for self segregation for people to start moving towards you know kind of like what you're getting at towards what you know their incentives provide you know whether it be statism whether it be you know libertarianism what have you all right I'm gonna I want to finish off on one one more question because I want to be respectful of your time and I know you're a family guy too and it's kind of late but I want to hit on one more thing and that is I want to ask what you think about the uh the was it the irrational and repugnant part of the uh the oath or whatever the hell because my thoughts and I'll, I'll let you elaborate is i don't think racism is incompatible with libertarianism or bigotry or whatever it's the acting upon it and i and i get i've heard ron paul say before you know it's like that's the lowest form of collectivism and i agree but i'm of the opinion the collectivism individualism uh paradigm is kind of irrelevant in libertarianism when it comes to libertarianism as a whole because there are collective libertarian movements or individual libertarian movements whatever so i know my personal opinion is i just i actually don't like it and it doesn't mean i like bigots like i'm you know like i, I hang out with all different types of people it's just i don't feel like i feel like it causes issues within you know it muddies the waters of like what libertarianism is so i do agree that it's not conducive to individualism but I don't. But I feel like that's a different paradigm than what libertarianism is about. Although I prefer individualism, preferably, or uh, um, that's my opinion at least. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. I think I'm pretty much with you on this one. Um, I would cut it uh, again for not not because I'm interested in living that way. Um, I, you know, to me, if I try, I'm like a very thin libertarian, right? And 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 so like thin libertarianism to me is private property, bodily autonomy, voluntary association. Like those three, and, and obviously some of those things can get fuzzy, you know, with abortion, what's bodily autonomy. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that, that explains literally everything, um, but that like for the most part, those principles get you most of the way there. And those say nothing about people wanting to, to live in that way. And, and I think like part of the beauty of libertarianism to me is it lets people live the way that they want to live. And I think I'm repeating myself from something I said earlier in the show, but it's like those principles mean that if you want to live in a black ethnostate, a black, well, 
black, let's say black ethno municipality, you can live in a black ethno municipality. If you want to live in a, you know, uh, incredibly, uh, you know, progressive, um, you know, um, pro all kinds of different, you know, sexual relationships, all kinds of different, you can live that way. And, and, and it allows all of it. And that's part of the beauty of it to me is that it allows all of those things. And if anything, libertarians should be trying to pick off all of these people with preferences that are, um, more uncommon, even if we don't agree with them, because libertarianism actually allows more people to satisfy their preferences than any other ideology, because it allows for a much vaster, uh, you know, sort of uh, suite of, of ways that people are allowed to live. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I see it as non-central to libertarianism, um, to put that in the in the libertarian um, 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 party pledge. I still, of course, agree with the Ron Paul quote at the same uh, time, like I do think, like anyone who's who's going to condemn or judge someone on the basis of their skin color or or ethnicity before they meet them, before they interact with them, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, it's retarded. It's a really dumb thing to do. Um, you should always judge people as individuals. Um, but but libertarianism allows people partly like doing heroin is retarded, right? Like in my opinion, <laughs> don't do it. It's dumb, you know. And so, <laughs> I'm and, and so it's like, well, like should we put that like you know we condemn heroin usage as irrational and repugnant? Because like it's both irrational and repugnant. Like I don't have any friends who are regular heroin users. I still like because I think that you're going to end up unhappy and addicted and whatever. And so it's like, but would I? Part of libertarianism is accepting well, people can do heroin, even if I think it's uh, you know irrational and repugnant. So, like, why are we saying you know? I think that, um, like, look, I wouldn't want my daughter to be a sex worker. You know, I think sex work should be legal, right? And so, it's like part of libertarianism is kind of accepting that all of these things are allowed and can be done without necessarily morally agreeing with them. That's kind of a core thing. And so to, to, to level, to, to pull out this one aspect, like, okay, yeah, I think bigotry is irrational. And repugnant. There's all kinds of things that libertarian society allows that I think are irrational and that I morally disagree with. So why is this one specifically being called out? And it's, and I, and I would say my answer would be to satisfy a progressive agenda. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. And they always backpedal too to where like they conflate uh, libertarianism and individualism. And I feel like that's the crux of the issue is that I feel like the individualism collectivism thing is a separate discussion from libertarianism, authoritarianism. Cause like, I mean, I, there's no reason why you can't be a collective libertarian. It, as long as everything's voluntary, whatever, mm -hmm. if you want to fall in with a group, like whatever. Like, do you know, do you know the most successful uh, anarchists in America? You know who they are? What's that? <laughs> the Amish. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Right, the Amish don't have to abide the draft, and the Amish don't have to pay social security. They are the most successful anarchist movement uh, in America. Uh, this is a David Friedman point. I'm totally cribbing him right now. Um, yeah. it's, it's, uh, um, but I think it's entirely true. And the Amish are not particularly individualistic. Mm -hmm. But even then, they are and they aren't, though. And that's a big thing where, like, I always bring up Sterner, but, like, it's his concept of a union of egoists. I, I always thought that was kind of beautiful. And that it's just yeah. a, it's a collective of individuals. So yeah. it's kind of would be a more modern way to put it. And, I mean, you could probably make the case for that with the Amish. I mean, they're very collective, but they're also very rugged individualists in their own kind of way. So, like, 
I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I mean, especially that kind of lends itself to a lot of the talk about religion and in, in, uh, in libertarianism as of late, which I do think can be a useful vehicle, although I'm not a fan of religion particularly. But I mean, whatever vehicle gets people where I want them to go, I don't give a shit. But yeah. <laughs> if that yeah. if that if that takes a god, cool. I don't care. But um, <laughs> with that, I'm, I guess that's probably a good sp- place to kill it at. I mean, there's a bunch more to go over, and this was I just, I found this to be just very interesting. The whole like the whole interaction. There was so much. The just good stuff that just got breezed over for the sake of gotchas. And I, and once again, I want to commend you. Like I legit, there was one point where I wanted to yell at them. Cause I mean, while you may not want to relive this, they literally implied, like made some sort of joke about you not touching your own kids. And I was like, Holy fuck. Jeremy is a saint for not freaking the fuck out right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and maybe I should have like, you know, I was my mentality <laughs> going into that show. I was, I was like, I'm just not, I thought that like I'm not gonna get agitated by anything they say, um, which was a smart actually, move. <laughs> maybe I took that too far um, because yeah, that's like it's fucking ridiculous, man. I mean, anyone I love my kids yeah. so much, and anyone you know who's ever you know seen me or been around me, I mean, they're my life, you know. So um, yeah, yeah. it was a record scratch moment, and I was like, what yeah. the fuck, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. I mean, you definitely probably that was a more calculated move on your part. I'll give you that, but you're the bigger man for it. But holy <laughs> shit, I, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, shit got real, but just breezed over it. And if anything, I feel like it just made it more evident. Like you, this whole thing was such a beautiful display of tactics. Like whether you meant to or not. Like just because like you went in there into the lion's den and you made them look like shit. Like that's basically what you did, whether you meant to or not. Anyone who watches that who doesn't go like, look at these assholes. Like, I, then I'm not really. There's not really anyone I want to be. I'm interested in having anything to do with, really. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. And with that, I don't know if you want to go give whatever plugs you got. Um, and we'll move on from there. Yeah, that's great. I mean, thanks. I really, uh, I do really appreciate that. Um, that support, and it's been it's been an interesting journey for me. I guess like I really, I don't think any very few people knew who I was you know, even more than a year ago. Uh, and if they did, it was maybe because of the stuff I was doing with library. Um, and, and, um, so it's been an educational for me to kind of, um, become a little bit more known in the, in the libertarian scene. It's, it's something I care a lot about. Um, I'd say if you liked what I was saying and you don't live in New Hampshire, come check it out. I'm willing to help you personally. The organization is as well. Um, it really is, I think, the best chance we have at, at liberty in our lifetime. So, so come for a visit uh, in New Hampshire. If you like what I had to say, you can follow me on on Twitter. It's at my full name, just Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, and if you uh, you know are sick of big tech and all the shit that they do, uh, go to Odyssey O D Y S E dot com. Uh, create an account, earn some cryptocurrency, uh, and and experience a pretty cool cool place to watch content. So those are those are my big three things. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was great to be on. Oh yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. We could totally talk some more. Maybe I'll have you on some other time. Uh, with that, I'm, uh, of the no, I'm no way. I'm a Jose Galison of the no way Jose YouTube channel and also anywhere audio podcasts are at, um, with that, you know, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we're out. And Cheers. Peace.